It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the Rundown. I am Rob Sanders here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Lots of stuff we're going to get into today. I want to welcome into the program from the ACC Digital Network, uh, Wes Bryant. Wes, what's going on, man? How are you? Not much, man. Just going, just trying to work like everybody else. Glad it's college football season. I know, right? That does make it a little bit easier. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, first of all, I appreciate you taking some time out to uh, stop in and, and chat with us here. Of course, you played for uh, Wake Forest. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to out you on your age, but a while back, right? <laughs> yes, I certainly did. Uh, I, I thought we'd talk a little bit about the game from this past weekend with Clemson and Wake Forest. You know, mm-hmm. for, let, let's go with the Wake Forest side first. You know, it, it seems like every year uh, Coach Clawson has what I think is a pretty good team up there, but they always end up just running into a buzzsaw with uh, with Clemson when they come through, especially the past four or five years. Does uh, What do you think is the 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 thing that keeps Wake Forest from being competitive with Clemson, whereas Wake's pretty much competitive with everybody else in the conference? Well, the number one thing is you have to start up front, and me being an ex-offensive lineman, I definitely can speak to that. You're talking about offensively. The Demon Deeks have a tough time running the football against Clemson. And, I mean, who doesn't? This is a team that's been one of the best run defenses in quite a long time. They're always good year in, year out. And another thing that I find uh, interesting as well, when you talk about trench play, we were talking about the new guys on that Clemson defensive line, Brian TV, or they said Versailles on the broadcast, right. and Miles Murphy and, and, and K.J. Henry, and now Sinkman, you can go on and on. Well, we were talking about Boogie Basham for Wake Forest and how great he is, and he's going to be, you know, a top 10, 15, 20 pick more than likely in the upcoming NFL draft. And we, my friend and I, we were talking about that. We said, hey, Wake Forest has four or five Boogie Bashams, and Boogie Basham is a great player, but he comes along to a Wake Forest once every five, maybe. And you're talking about a kid like Miles Murphy and, and Brisset. They look like two top five picks. And then they have other guys that are going to be first-rounders. So I think when you want to start with where it goes wrong for Wake against Clemson, you have to start over and can't run the football and just don't have the horses up front on the defensive line like Clemson does. Well, let's let's uh, talk a little bit about Clemson. Of course, you see them the first game of the season. And uh, I was talking with uh, Teddy Hefner this morning on his show here on Fox Sports Radio. And the big thing with, uh, with Trevor Lawrence, he looks just like a machine. Um, he, he looks very comfortable in his skin and having Travis ETN there to average eight yards a carry, uh, that sure does help out a good bit. I mean, you got the poison with these guys. We just put out a piece on the ACC digital network about his last ride at Clemson. About a guy three year, uh, well, I guess you could kind of say a semi starter his freshman year, but he was the guy that led him to the promised land. He's just phenomenal. He's been one of my favorite players in the ACC since he got there, and he had total command of the football, total command of the offense on Saturday. You didn't see some of the gambling like you did early in the season last year. This guy looks like a mature quarterback, ready to lead his team and take back what was 
taken from them last year by LSU. He looked fantastic. I expected a little bit more scoring from Clemson. We're going to see. I still want to see what that receiving core, do they have that guy that can make the spectacular plays? Because we keep hearing about Ngata and Latson, and they've made some nice plays since they've been there. But you're talking about T. Higgins and Justin Ross that have made spectacular highlight reel catches on a regular basis, and these guys really put a lot of pressure on coverage. Cornell Powell, it's his time now as well. But I wonder, do they have that dynamic play at receiver that just makes them pretty much unstoppable? Because I did expect a few more. The first game, we'll talk it up to that. Wes Bryant from the ACC Digital Network joins us here on the Rundown this afternoon on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Uh, you know, something else that I've been uh, trying to work on a piece for my blog page about, and, I, and I'll ask your opinion on this, how far is the gap between Clemson and the rest of the conference? Well, right now, today, as we stand here talking, uh, it's pretty wide. And the thing is, you look at the teams that have dated this league in the past, and you're talking about State when they were on their run, and then when Clemson came up, but about SEC teams and how folks have always pointed to the difference being the play in the trenches. Now, yes, skill guys are definitely a huge part of that equation as well. But when you talk about depth on the defensive line, you have dominant offensive lines along with those dynamic skill playmakers. It just makes it very difficult. And right now we've seen year after year after year Clemson at the top of the recruiting rankings and bringing in the top players in the country on the offensive lines and the defensive lines in addition to bringing in those Trevor Lawrence's and like this past year bringing in a DJ UEI Galele and, and all those great players. But I think that's the big thing right now is just people just can't compete with the depth that Clemson have, has at several positions, but especially up front because I was very much impressed with that defensive line. When you talk about when they get uh, Xavier Thomas back and when they get back uh, guys on the defensive line, Justin Thomas, and then with everything else they've got, I mean, it is just outstanding the embarrassment of riches they have, and it's just hard to compete with a team that can bring in a second unit of defensive linemen that will be starting for any team in the country when your guys are run down. That really makes it extremely difficult to run and pass the football against them. But Clemson right now, just recruiting-wise, they're just so far ahead of everybody else, and they're going to have to catch up if they want to change. You know, I thought that uh, maybe we would be talking about Florida State this year with uh, with Mike Norvell, but... Georgia Tech went down there and went toe-to-toe with them in Dope Campbell and pulled away with a win. And, and I've been a guy that, since Jeff Collins took over, I've liked what they're doing at Georgia Tech. Could they be the team down the line, you think, that uh, might challenge Clemson in the long term? Well, we'll see about that. They've got a long way to go before you're talking about Georgia Tech competing with the Clemson. But I did get them to beat the Seminoles this weekend. Florida State is still getting by on their name. Talking about a, a program who has been struggling. They have not had a dynamic player and quarterback since Jameis Winston left the building. Then you lose a Cam Akers and you come into the season. And I didn't understand. I picked 12th, actually, uh, in my preseason rankings in the league. And I saw a lot of people had them five or six, and I just didn't see it. And so I said, well, these guys don't have much of your talent on offense. You can't trust Blackman at all at the quarterback position. The defense still needs a lot of showing up. What, what am I missing here? So to speak to Georgia Tech, though, 
they're starting to get it because you have Jeff Sims, that quarterback, who came out and looked good, albeit he had some mistakes early. But this is the guy you're looking for to state the last two recruiting cycles. Sam Howell, Lord knows what he would have done had he been able to get to Tallahassee. He goes to North Carolina. Jeff Sims, he doesn't go to Florida State either after committing and goes to Georgia Tech. And we see what he did and the potential that he has. So, yes, right now, Georgia Tech seems to have found their guy quarterback. And once you find that, it's all downhill from there because they're in fertile recruiting ground. You're talking Georgia, that Atlanta area, plenty of great surrounding states. And when you got have a guy that puts on a performance like Jeff Sims did, if he continues to progress, he's going to be a guy that a lot of kids are going to want to come and play with. I love what they're doing, uh, really putting the Atlanta angle of their, their area to the forefront on the uniforms, on the, on the helmets. So I really like what he's doing. So I think down the line, in another two or three seasons, they'll be an ACC contender. But it's hard to see anybody competing with Clemson in the near future. But for right now, though, uh, if you told me a team that was going to possibly compete with Clemson, I, I think North Carolina, once they get their stuff together, if I'm not saying they can beat Clemson, but I think that's probably the only team in the conference. And, and I know a lot of folks coming in were picking Notre Dame as like, oh, well, Notre Dame's just going to uh, – they write their ticket as the second-best team in the ACC. I'm not buying that sandwich. That just seems a little off to me, especially – with what North Carolina is doing. And once they got locked in on Saturday, they looked really good. Yeah, it all starts at the quarterback position again. Sam Howell is a kid who, in another year, is probably going to be a top-five NFL draft selection. At his disposal, which he had already last year, so that continuity is there. That's another team that I thought was going to really come up and light up the scoreboard on Saturday. So I was a little bit disappointed we didn't get more fireworks from them earlier. But, again, we'll chalk it up to first game of the season and probably that offensive line who they had to replace some key guys there. That probably slowed things down just a little bit as well. But North Carolina certainly looks like from a personnel standpoint and we saw it last season. Let's put it about that down to the wire. A two-person away from really messing for the ACC and knocking Clemson out of the national championship they get a chance to see them, it would have to be in the ACC championship game. They're going to have plenty of revenge in their minds. So North Carolina, hey, I am right there with you as far as them being a serious contender. It could give Clemson a scare. Well, but you know what? The other thing that was weird on Saturday was seeing the ACC logo on the field at Notre Dame. I mean, uh, you played in the ACC. How awkward was that to see? to see that, that logo on the field in South Bend. 100%. I think in the pregame, and they showed them putting it down on the field. I said, man, he definitely looks weird. And that was the first thing I thought when the game started with them and Duke was seeing that patch on their jersey. You see it in basketball and all the other sports they have as their full-fledged members and pretty much most, if not all, of their sports but, yeah, I like Notre Dame being in the league for this year because it gives us that second team that we haven't had since Florida State was one of the teams at the forefront of the league. So there'll be a team that's going to be in the national picture. But i like Duke to come in there and, and, and play that they did. And the game went about how I thought it would had their chances. Notre Dame plays as they continue ahead. 
All right. Well, Wes Bryant joining us from the ACC Digital Network, and we appreciate you uh, spending some time with us today. You know, as we head into uh, this weekend, though, uh, the biggest matchup in the country in the ACC getting uh, basically a two-week jump start on uh, the SEC, but that Louisville-Miami matchup has huge conference implications this coming weekend. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty good game, I think, because I like Louisville a lot. This is a team I feel like that has a ton of speed, lots and lots of playmakers everywhere you look. Scott Satterfield, to me, is one of the best coaches in this league. Manny Diaz in Miami, that's another team that you expected a little bit more from coming out there playing UAB. But he's done in his career. The offense is a little bit better, but still not quite what you were expecting with all the hype about De'Aaron King. They're going to face a stiff challenge this week from Louisville, a team that's really going to put some points on the board and apply pressure. We saw UAB able to run the football against the Canes. Well, guess what? You got Javon Hawkins coming in the building and Hassan Hall. Javon Hawkins ran for over 1,500 yards last year as a freshman, tons of speed. And, oh, yeah, you can't crowd that box because you got old 2-2 Atwell, Dash Fitzpatrick, and the crew out there. Mikhail Cunningham looked especially good. He looks like he's ready to make that next jump from year one to year two as the man at quarterback. I think Miami is in big trouble this weekend with Louisville, a team looking to prove a point. We're really going to see what De'Aaron King and this offense can do because Louisville will apply pressure this weekend. Well, you mentioned a team that's trying to make a statement. Uh, I think people forget sometimes that Pitt's in the ACC. I think mm-hmm. Pitt is one of the more top-to-bottom solid teams. Uh, and, you know, you look at them and uh, the, not much love from the media and the media poll, but it wouldn't shock me if Pitt had a really good season. They won their opener 55 to nothing, which I understand they were playing Austin P. but with everything as far as practices getting cut because of COVID and having to deal with all that, to go out there and put up 55 points in your opener and shut somebody out, that, that is kind of the statement that uh, Coach Narduzzi said that he wanted to make. Do you think they can make a statement this season in conference? I definitely think they can because we put out a lot of top five returning player lists on the ACC Digital Network, and they seem to always have a guy popping up in there somewhere, especially on defense when you talk about Paris Ford. Yes, they lose a Jalen Twyman, who was one of the best defensive linemen in the country, but they have plenty of talent on that defense, were one of the nation's leaders in sacks last year. But the thing with Pitt is, can that offense deliver? Now, we saw the 55 points. Can they continue that trajectory? We're not going to expect that from them every week. But they have a season leader quarterback in Kenny Pickett, nice running back in A.J. Davis. They have a couple of young guys that they like back there as well. Taysir Mack out at wide receiver. So they've got some guys, and they're in, and the skill guys have gotten a little bit more experience. Kenny Pickett's been a starter there for quite some time. So that's going to be the key for Pitt. Can they go from being a, a, a mediocre team that has a really good defense to an explosive team that also uh, has an explosive uh, defense to go along with it? And if they can do that, then, yeah, they are going to be uh, of that standard that you said as far as a team that can be a dark horse in this conference. Wes Bryant joining us from the ACC Digital Network. Now, I got to ask you a tough question being a Wake Forest guy. Uh, I have a ton of respect for Coach Clawson and uh, and what he's doing at Wake. Do you think it's going to get to a point where he's like, you know what, I want to go to 
maybe a little bit bigger of a job because it seems like to me he he gets the absolute most out of his teams. They don't make a lot of penalties. Uh, they're always well coached, and I just think that I would love to see what he could do at a and not to be disrespectful, but a much much bigger school as far as the enrollment front. Uh, I just I think he would do some amazing things there. But do you think it may come to a point where he decides to move on? Well, that's the business that we're in. The coaches, they all want to be able to reach the highest levels that they can. And at a school like Wake Forest, yeah, ACC championship, let's be real, that's pretty much the, the pinnacle. It's going to be hard to make the college football playoff at Wake Forest. They just don't bring in the caliber of talent to compete with the Ohio States and the Clemsons and the Alabama. So if you're awake, if you can find a way to sneak an ACC championship like they did back in 06, but you don't have a juggernaut in the league like you do now with Clemson. So, yeah, one day he may. And that's the thing about a school like Wake Forest. You get excited when you have great seasons or put together a series of good seasons where you're going to bowl games. They have a bowl game streak right now. But, you know, at some point that's going to end up in a bigger school coming and calling. And for Coach Carson, he's still fairly young for a coach. He's still dynamic and a vibrant guy. So, you know, that's a reality of it. So one day he just may move on. Well, we mentioned about moving on. Uh, how about in-state? I mean, let's be honest, Coach Brown is in his 70s at North Carolina. He can't hold down the fort forever. That seems to me like a place that uh, Coach Clawson could could make the jump to. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I couldn't speculate on that to save my life. That would be a very interesting uh, angle to our league if that was to happen. But we'll see. You never know what the future holds. I get you on that, man. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. tell folks where they can follow you on Twitter and uh, and learn more about you out there, bud. Yeah, check me out on Twitter, Westcott Reigns. Check me out on uh, Instagram, Westcott Reigns 704. And you check us out on the ACC Digital Network. We're not involved with the linear ACC Network that's on ESPN. We have our platforms on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So check them out. Check me out. Give me some follows. I got to get my followers up, guys. So follow me on Twitter, WestcottRange72, and on Instagram, WestcottRange704. It's been a pleasure, guys. Hey, man, I appreciate you joining us. Hope to have you back on in the future, Wes. Anytime. All right, there you go. Wes Bryant joining us from the ACC Digital Network. Appreciate him. And I had to ask him about Wake Forest, man. Uh, the stuff with, uh, with Coach Clawson, I think that Coach Clawson's going to move on. And uh, not to disrespect North Carolina, but Coach Brown is, is, uh, is you know, in the, uh, the final leg of his career. Uh, you can't coach forever. You know what I mean? Not to take away from what he's done with that program up there, but, hey, you got to look at it from the perspective of uh, you can't beat Father Time, ladies and gentlemen. Father Time is undefeated. So there you go with that. So appreciate Wes joining us on the show. If you want to respond to what Wes said, we'll take calls this afternoon at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to join us here on the rundown, we'll be uh, right back in just a moment. Lots of stuff we're going to talk about, including is the Big Ten in or out? I, I mean, I don't know. It could change in a matter of seconds. We'll get into that. When we come back, you're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400.
Oh, welcome back to the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. My name is Rob Sanders. Thanks to Wes Bryant for joining us from the ACC Digital Network. We appreciate him. Of course, you can uh, follow my show on Twitter here. It's at Rob Sounds Good. Uh, you can watch on uh, Facebook Live. Just look for the rundown with Rob Sanders. You know, I've got to talk a little bit about uh, the University of Nebraska. You know, their president didn't realize his mic was hot this morning, and he hinted that the Big Ten uh, would play football in some capacity this fall. Carter said, quote, we're getting ready to announce the Huskers and Big Ten football tonight. Now, you've already got a lot of the Big Ten apologists and the people that, let's be honest, uh, are just going to try to do whatever the Big Ten office tells them to do in Chicago, okay? Desmond Howard, uh, I I saved this clip because, you know, he pretty much doesn't like what Nebraska was trying to do into pressuring the Big Ten into getting back into the mix for the college football season. Uh, Desmond Howard said this uh, about, about a month ago. If I'm Kevin Warren right now, I'm working on the way to get their ass out of the Big Ten. Yeah, thank you for that, Desmond, and your uh, your Heisman Trophy that you stole from Peyton Manning. Um, no, the big thing with that is that it seems like Nebraska is trying to be one of the outsiders, and they look like, you know, they always look like an outsider. They, they in my opinion, are what Missouri is to the SEC. In the big scheme of things, the... The Big Ten uh, Blue Bloods, and these are the people like Ohio State, uh, Michigan, Penn State, they really don't look at Nebraska as a Big Ten team. I mean, let's just be honest. They'll allow them to come to the party, but when it comes to the actual real party that's later on where decisions are made, they don't really care if Nebraska's there or not. That's just my opinion. Okay? But this guy says this today. And then he moonwalks that statement back like Michael Jackson, man. I mean, he just as quickly as possible. The college football world goes on fire, and he's walking it back quickly. He said, quote, I think that was picked up a little out of context. Uh, what? <laughs> Look, I understand the the adage that... Uh, you know, Eric Bischoff, the former WCW executive, he always has this thing in his podcast where he says, context is king. I completely understand that. But when you say, point blank, we're getting ready to announce the Huskers and Big Ten football tonight. What in the name of the world? Are, are How are we supposed to take that out of context? I don't get it. I don't get it. But then he says, All I said is there's work going on, and I remain cautiously optimistic. By the way, when 2020 ends, I want the term cautiously optimistic dropped from our vocabulary. Either you're in or you're out. Let's try that first. I'm tired of people saying you're cautiously optimistic. Just say point blank. I want us to play football. How about this? If you know what's going to happen, which I'm sure he does, if you know that they're going to announce, the Big Ten doesn't care about you, sir. They've already already put that out there. Kevin Warren would probably spit in your eye if he could. 
So you know what I would do? And this is why I'll never have a position where I'm like a college president because I would point blank tell them, yeah, we're going to announce it tonight. Make sure you watch the Big Ten Network. Yes, you, you should watch the Big Ten Network tonight when we announce it because um, Saturday when the ACC and the Big 12, although the Big 12 kind of sucked, they were still playing on Saturday. You know what the Big Ten Network was showing? And this is not an exaggeration. At high noon when uh, North Carolina and Syracuse kicked off, you could watch the North Carolina-Syracuse game or you could watch Rutgers football classics. So if I were this president, I would point blank say, guess what? When we, we're going to announce something big tonight, that's going to be a little hotter than Rutgers football classics, which is what we were running in place on our network on Saturday when other schools were actually playing. We didn't take into account that, hey, why don't we take some of the best Big Ten games, I don't know, Michigan, Ohio State, let's just play those on Saturday and call it a flashback Saturday. No, 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 let's play Rutgers football classics. If the Big Ten is running that network, they should be ashamed of themselves. Absolute ashamed. I think I tweeted that out, at Rob Sounds Good. But the whole conference doesn't care about you there, Mr. Carter, and I would not walk back anything I said now and make myself look like I don't know what I'm talking about when, in theory, by what the reports from a lot of other people are saying, it's going to come out tonight anyway. You think that they're not going to give you a cookie at the next meeting? If they're already getting this in the work to play, you think, you think that you don't get Kool-Aid at the next meeting? Getting this in the work to play? You think, you think that you don't get Kool-Aid at the next meeting? No, you'll just be looked at like you're an idiot, but they already think you're an idiot anyway. You might as well jump full foot into it, bud. That and, let's be honest, the Big Ten does need a kick in the face. The other conferences are making it go. Look at the teams from the Sun Belt that are going out and playing. Coastal Carolina going up to Kansas beating people in the face. No positive uh, COVID results. Uh, we can go up and down the line. The ACC doing their thing. The Big 12, although they're losing games, they still haven't, haven't heard anything about positive COVID tests. And everybody's had to test three times a week. Nothing's happened. So you were up there. You already have that egg on your face, Big Ten. So if I'm the president of Nebraska, I'm already the, the stepchild that no one wants anyway. I would lose my mind and just say, you know what? This is what's going to happen. That'd probably be a little bit better in my opinion. But they're walking it back. Or he's walked it back. I'm at the point, though, with the Big Ten that they need to be in college football. I know we goof on them and we talk about them not being uh, competitive when the college football playoff comes around. But in reality, you need Northwest, uh, you need, uh, excuse me, Penn State, you need Ohio State, you need Michigan for it to really feel like a football season, in my opinion. All right, more of the rundown when we come back. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. 
My name is Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, shout out to John on uh, Facebook sending me Big Ten messages during the break. Uh, I I messaged him back and said, I hope that you're not supporting Kevin Warren because uh, Kevin Warren, you know, we always have the big turkey at, uh, I think I do that segment on the show, or maybe it's one of those segments that goes through my head late at night that I think, wow, that would sound great on the show. And then I don't do it. But I think I do this segment every year where we have the biggest sports turkeys ever as far as for the year. Kevin Warren is the turkey with the side of stuffing and the cranberry jam or whatever it is you eat. He's the entire Thanksgiving dinner. He's making me hit my microphone while I'm doing the show today. He is he is a complete turkey with the way that he's dealt with this. Uh, I think that they made a decision back in, or maybe he he uh, took what they had in March and didn't wait for the evaluation to come back. And I think that that's just pretty much what he went with, in my opinion. And didn't just said, all right, this is just what we're going to do, and that's it. It is a, it's a, a shame is the only term that I can use with it. It's just really, really sad. That's all I can say about that. Um, I, I, I am in the, of the opinion, though, that if the Big Ten gets in, I think they, I want the Big Ten to participate in the college football season. I don't know how long they need to get ready, okay? Uh, I don't know if they need two weeks, if they need a month, whatever, okay? But the reality is, is that if they could get in by, say, October the 17th, October the 10th, there's an outside chance that they could make it into the college football playoff. Now, once you get in, though, I, I, I don't want to hear any of this mess about, well, the reason that we didn't perform well in the playoff is because we didn't have, a, we didn't have enough uh, time to get ready at the beginning of the season. Or, if you're Ohio State, well, if we would have had Sean Wade, you know, the guy who's going to be drafted in the, the top five of the NFL draft, we'd have been a much better team. No, you've lost that, sir. You don't, you don't get to bring that to the table. You run with what you got, okay? Especially if everyone and their brother on the college football front is going to make amends for you to get into the playoff projections. You don't get to play both sides, man. Either you're all the way in or all the way out. Make a choice. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call if you'd like to join us here on the rundown this afternoon on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Of course, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, would love to take your calls on uh, what Wes Bryant said about the gap between Clemson and everyone else in the ACC. I also thought we could talk a little bit about South Carolina. You know, they haven't uh, put out there who their quarterback is going to be yet. Uh, some folks are like, hey, let, let's get it over with. Let's see who it's going to be. Me, on the other hand, I'm in the, the realm of, you know what? I wouldn't announce a quarterback at all if I'm Coach Muschamp, especially with South Carolina's a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. I would make Tennessee prepare for both. Why not? What have you got to lose? If it's this close and we're 11 days out. Now, and by the way, it may not be this close. Let's make sure we put that out there. Coach Muschamp may have picked somebody 
10 days ago, and he's not telling anybody anyway. But why not put the or when you do your quarterback depth chart? Uh, Ryan Holinsky or uh, Colin Hill? Colin Hill or Ryan Holinsky, whatever. I'd make them prepare for both. Why not? At least the first game of the season, because let's be honest. If South Carolina gets that win over Tennessee, I don't think they'll go down to Florida and win, but I do think that they can beat Vanderbilt. That's game three of the season. If you're 2-1 and one and your only loss is to Florida on the road at a top-10 team, you might win a piece of the fan base back a little bit that has kind of jumped off the Will Muschamp bus. But if you're 2-1, and one, that is huge in my opinion. And I would do everything in my power to uh, make it harder on Tennessee. Why not make them plan for both quarterbacks? That just makes a heck of a lot of sense to me. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832. Of course, the Gamecocks, a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Started out as a one-point underdog. So when you really stop and look at it, though, when you look at, I love this tool that they have on the uh, the 247 sports site. And basically, it they are not they basically it's the uh, team talent composite is what they call it. And it rates the rosters as they are right now. Like number one is Georgia with, 990 points, but that comes down to 16 five-stars, 51 four-stars, and 18 three-stars. Now, just to give you an example on this, Clemson's at number four on this list um, behind Alabama and Ohio State. This just rates and, and analyzes the roster that you have now. If you look at it from this perspective, Tennessee's at 13, South Carolina's at 21, right now with their roster, uh, with Tennessee at, uh, at 13, so with five five-star players, South Carolina checks in with two. The Gamecocks have 24 four-star players compared to 32 for Tennessee. You know, when I really stop and look at it, I think it's a dead-even matchup, and when it's that close, why not make them uh, make them think, hey, I've got a plan for both quarterbacks? And then just to throw some mockery into the mix, I'd have to carry on Joyner or, uh, or the young man, uh, Mr. Doty, take the first snap. Why not? Uh, the first snap is a, a quarterback draw right up the middle and have that defensive coordinator thinking, my goodness, what in the world is happening here? That, that makes too much sense to me. I would throw the absolute kitchen sink at Tennessee. I'd, I'd be running things that I know that we're good at that they've never seen. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you'd like to join us on the rundown this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Appreciate the folks checking us out there as well. Of course, you can download the podcast for this show. Uh, that's one of the cool things ever, man. It's like DVR on the radio, man. Listen whenever you want. If you missed the interview with Wes Bryant from the ACC Digital Network, 
feel free to check that out at about five o'clock today as we get uh, we get uh, the podcast up and you can uh, and listen there. By the way, don't forget our other two shows that we have here on Fox Sports Radio, including Teddy Hefner in the mornings from nine to noon. I think Teddy's upset that he has to get out of his house and come in. Now I'm just picking. Teddy loves coming up in here. But it was pretty cool. He could sit there at uh, at Castle de Hefner and, uh, you know, throw pieces of chicken out to the alligators in the moat and do his show. Uh, Lawton Swan has left us, by the way. He, he's, of course, at Castle de Swan. We may never see Lawton again. But you can watch him on his uh, his live stream Follow his show at Clemson Sports Talk on the Facebook page. And you can see the bubbly bald head of Lawton Swan. I pick at Lawton. But his show is on this afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. You can see me going back and forth with some folks. I think I did some stuff with boxing the other day and a couple other little things. Go and check that out. That is on the, uh, the Rundown page. And... Uh, you can uh, look at my face, excuse me, my uh, my blog page at FoxSportsRadio1400.com. All kinds of great stuff for you to check out there. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we will wrap up the show on a Tuesday. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Well, welcome back to the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app, ladies and gentlemen, I have a story here that I want to share with you a little bit because um, it's it's one of those things where when I read it, I kind of just cringed. And what I mean by that is, is that I've always heard good things about Tim Tebow, but a book that has just come out that was... Um, that basically has John Elway in it. And in this book by sports journalist Jason Cole, titled Elway, A Relentless Life, talks a lot about the 2011 season with the Denver Broncos. And the book says that Tim Tebow was egotistical and money-hungry that Tebow would charge churches $50,000 to speak. And it also alleges that Elway's wife, Janet, asked Tebow to do an an appearance at a charity event, and Tebow's brother said it would be $50,000 for an appearance. One Denver staffer also allegedly called Tim Tebow the most self-centered, humble guy I've ever met. Cole also writes in the book about his on-field play. As one teammate put it bluntly that season, he has no idea what's going on out there. If the first read doesn't work, he's just making it up. You know what? That's a fair statement because if you watch any of those games, uh, Bill Belichick, especially in the playoff game, had a field day with Tim Tebow. He His numbers were absolutely terrible. And there's no shame in being a guy that um, that has just one set. Tim Tebow would have been a better, like an H-back, a tight end, something like that in the NFL. But he was hell-bent on being a quarterback. And with that, 
you know, I think that's why he ended up having to go into the majors or try to go to the majors anyway. But it's interesting that these stories are coming out now. And you know what? And John Elway is a guy that normally I just can't see John Elway putting this anywhere with his name on it where there isn't some validity to it. And I'm not trying to bring Tim Tebow down because he does a lot of stuff that you read about that is uh, outstanding. But it's interesting that from the Broncos organization, this comes out and it just doesn't really paint Tim Tebow in the best light. All right, so I just thought I'd share that with you. Before we get you out of here today, I wanted to run down the ACC schedule for this weekend. And um, we're going to do full picks with uh, with our buddy, uh, Tyler Crowder, on probably Thursday. But there, it's interesting that when you look at the schedule, the best team in the ACC is not playing. I mean, they're not they're not playing in conference is what I meant. But Clemson, on the other hand, will play the Citadel this weekend. But the other matchups that are interesting, South Florida and Notre Dame, not bad. You've also got number 14 UCF at Georgia Tech. Justin online said Clemson looks good, even though it's only Wake Forest. If they fix up the secondary, they should be in the driver's seat. Look. Clemson's starting secondary didn't even make the trip. We need to we need to make sure that people remember that. Okay, that's a big thing too. Clemson starting secondary did not make the trip. So, and not to be disrespectful to Wake Forest, but they had a completely new um, new offense out there, and Clemson still dominated. So, Clemson, in my opinion, is not going to be tested. Until they play Miami. That's just, I don't think Virginia's got a whole lot there. And let's be honest, the Citadel is going up to Clemson to get a paycheck. So, I like Clemson's chances against the bye week. But that Miami game, October the 10th, that's going to be the first real time that uh, I think Clemson will be somewhat challenged. All right, so we have that to look forward to later on but the rest of this week is interesting to as far as the ACC goes I like the Miami and Wake uh, and Louisville game that's at 730 on ABC there's not a better game that um, as far as matchups that you're going to have this week uh, UCF and Georgia Tech I think I mentioned that that's the 330 game you talk about a progress game going down to Florida State and winning was huge for Georgia Tech if they open up at home and they win over UCF, stand by, ladies and gentlemen. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets will be ranked. So, yeah, there's that. A couple of other matchups, uh, BC at Duke, Syracuse at Pitt, and uh, Wake at NC State. That's also going on Saturday night at 8 o'clock. You know, my, my big thing with, uh, with this weekend, too, though, comes on Friday night. Coastal Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, will play Campbell. And if they can beat the Camels, then I think Coastal Carolina might be ranked next week. Yep. that They, they may end up being a team that's ranked. And this is a team, by the way, that 
was picked to finish dead last in the Sun Belt. So if if you're cheering for Palmetto State teams, I give you the Chanticleers. We all watched them on Friday night with a big Palmetto tree on our chest and think, you know what? We could have two ranked teams in uh, in college football at the same time. That's something to be proud about. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you'd like to join us here on the rundown this afternoon on Fox Sports Radio 1400, of course, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. You know, I mentioned that the best game is the uh, that matchup with uh, Miami and Louisville. I mean, I can't see any other games on the schedule that I'm beating home, beating the doors down to watch. Maybe, uh, I don't know, man. I, I try to find a, a decent game. Maybe Navy and Tulane. That's about where I'm at. North Carolina and Charlotte. Uh, yeah, your best matchups are going to be Louisville and Miami, a t- that, which I think is a knockout game. Whoever loses that game is probably not going to be making a trip to Charlotte, in my opinion. Which, congratulations, it's like the, what, the 19th of, of September and your season is already shot. That's kind of where I'm at with that. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. Tomorrow we will have a complete rundown on the Clemson and the Citadel game. And uh, we'll try to get some folks on about uh, Miami and Louisville as well, since that's kind of the big matchup uh, heading into this weekend. You know, uh, last night, did you watch the NFL games? Because I know a lot of folks, I've seen it where people are calling the NFL a, uh, they think the NFL supports um, a terrorist organization. There's so much of that. But I read something before I came in I wanted to share with you before I left today. The NFL boycotts lead to record jersey sales and high ratings in week one. So on the rating side of things, uh, from this article that uh, that I have here, which I'll, I'll post some of it up, Cord cutting is the default answer for many U.S. households, meaning an increasing number of Americans are getting away from cable and satellite. Most are moving to digital platforms like Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple, and other things. None of those ratings count in your general TV rating numbers. So the more households that cut the cord, the more and more ratings, quote, drop every year. Even with the cord cutting, though, Sunday's game between the Saints and the Bucks was the highest NFL-rated opener on Fox in four years. So I think that there's a lot of people that are saying, yeah, I'm not watching the NFL, but I don't think they're being completely truthful. Just saying. We may talk a little more about this tomorrow. Lawton Spahn from Clemson Sports Talk is next. He's the czar of Clemson Sports. Be sure to check him out. He's on every day from 4 to 6. I will be back at it tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400.